Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Suzanne, Suzanne Offerman, who is Proposition Manager, Thought Leadership uh, for One Source Global Trade Management at Thomson Reuters. And today we're going to talk about the role of emerging technologies in global trade management. Now, earlier this year on Talking Logistics, you know, I wrote about how probably the one good outcome of you know, the tariff wars and other developments in the global trade arena is how more companies are recognizing the value and importance of trade compliance professionals and uh, technology. I think, you know, the, the thinking, the old school thinking, of, well, this is just paperwork that we could just manage with Excel spreadsheets is not only outdated, but also very risky and, and costly too. So as we head into 2020, um, you know, what are some of the uh, things that companies should be thinking about or expect? Uh, what are some of the lessons learned from this past year uh, that the companies can apply? And how can technologies help companies automate and streamline their trade processes? Well, those are just some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Suzanne uh, with us in the program to share her insights and perspective on this topic. So Suzanne, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Adrian. Uh, it's nice to be here. So I, I laugh when you said about uh, using Excel spreadsheets. Uh, when I started my career, I guess it's going on 20 years, we used to get entry documents just in paper in a file cabinet. And you'd go into audit and sometimes you'd find everything and sometimes you, you didn't. So we've definitely come a long way since then. So, you know, just moving forward, you know, to today, uh, 2019 has been a very interesting year uh, where I think politics and trade have intersected. And I expect 2020 to be more of the same. You know, we have, to name some, trade wars with China. We have disputes uh, with the EU over aircraft sub subsidies. We have a dispute, for example, just this week with France where the U.S. said it would, uh, its new digital services tax is hurting the U.S. tech uh, companies. And so now they want to impose, I think, 100% tariffs, uh, punitive tariffs on nearly I think over $2 billion of some high-end French products, champagne, cheese, you know, and the like. Uh, recently, too, the two countries that were exempt from some steel tariffs from the U.S. were recently mentioned, Brazil and Argentina. Suddenly, they may have tariffs. So it's rapidly changing day-to-day. Uh, -day, you have to read your tweets, you read your email, you read everything. And I don't see it going away for 2020. So to me, the question that trade professionals should be asking is are you in the best position to manage these changes? Can you take advantage of them? Uh, and you know, how can you do that? So there are some ways, there are some traditional ways, um, such as looking at your country of origin, looking at your valuation, can you make changes using use, uh, first, you know, the first sale rule and other things. But in addition to those traditional ways, there are, are newer ways to do that using technology. And um, sometimes you don't have control over the origin and the value, but you do have control over what technology that you use. Yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of great points. I mean, I think, you know, you, like, like you said, you can't, every, every morning, I, mean, I get the Wall Street Journal, and, and every morning, you know, in the Wall Street Journal, there, there's probably uh, one or two different stories, and, and they're usually headline stories related to global trade. And like you said, just this week already, we have you know, with the president being overseas, you know, mm -hmm. talked about, uh, you know, uh, the kind of a new tiff with France now. And, and you know, all it takes, like you said, is sometimes you have to check your Twitter feed as well. Not only the, the, the traditional newspapers, but, you know, just a simple tweet can, can change, you know, what's happening, you know, instantly. So I think keeping a pulse on what's happening uh, is, is 
you know, is critically important. And I think the last point you brought up, you, you know, there are some things you can control in terms of, you know, processes or, uh, you know, actions you can take and some things that you can't. Um, but certainly one of the things that you can control is, is kind of taking a step back and say, hey, are we prepared for this very dynamic environment, you know, to, to navigate as intelligently and as efficiently as possible, you know, in light of all these changes. And again, you don't know what those changes are, but having the foundation to be able to respond to them quickly, uh, appropriately, remaining compliance and so forth, I think is a, is a critical piece. Um, so I think those are all, you know, you know, key, key takeaways, uh, you know, from, from this past year, um, you know, and going back to kind of the Excel comments, I mean, I think, I think it's clear, I think, hopefully it's clear to companies that, you know, if they're managing their global trade processes with uh, Excel spreadsheets that, you know, not only have they been putting themselves at risk and, and kind of putting, uh, you know, being a, a costly, but that's just not going to cut it anymore you know, moving forward, it's becoming more risky. I mean, uh, you know, in light of that, I mean, are you seeing companies, um, you know, see, you know, starting to invest or look to invest more in automating their, their trade processes and, and what benefits are they going after? Yes, yeah, so trade automation and you know, use of global trade management solutions is definitely moving up the priority list for companies. So trade related issues that were previously delegated to operations now are getting the attention of the C-suite executives mainly a lot because of the news, right? You mentioned the Wall Street Journal, Twitter. So they're very aware that, that this stuff is important now and so that they have to pay attention as well. So this has helped, I think, the trade professional in some ways. So one is I think that the decision makers view trade now as the trade professionals have to have responsibilities beyond just compliance, that they also have to do planning because the tariff wars and protectionism are having a significant impact on costs and there's potential to disrupt the supply chain in general. And two, I think executives are realizing that trade automation is the best practice to manage this rapidly changing trade environment. Um, you know, Adrian, you asked about benefits that companies are seeking. So I think overall that companies want better visibility in their supply chain so they can make real-time decisions. So they want to know, is there a duty deferral program can they take advantage of a free trade agreement to save money? So automation would allow you to do this planning easily. You can study the trade lane scenarios. You can discover problems and quickly remediate them. You can learn who you're doing business with, your vendors, your partners, your customers, you know, be safe about it. You basically know all the components of your transaction and even can generate reports to show the, the executives, hey, here's what we're looking at. This is why we we think we need to make this change or that change, this investment or that. So I think it helps you avoid risk, uh, correct problems in a repeatable way, saves time, saves money, streamlines your workflow. I mean, we live in a world of data and you have to know it. And so for all these reasons, I think that automation, use, using a GTM solution for your workflow is considered a best practice now. You know, um, you know, grabbing the attention of the CEO and CFO, I think that, that's certainly, you know, when you, you listen to earnings calls uh, or even just read the transcripts from uh, uh, the calls these days, uh, you know, that is something that's a top of mind um, for a lot of CEOs and CFOs, you know, today. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when I, when I started my career as an industry analyst, you know, 20 plus years ago, I, I still remember how, you know, I, I was at a think tank and there was a VP of uh, trade compliance at a large pharmaceutical company. And, and she was, um, uh, you know, let's, let's just say uh, complaining that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it came to IT investment, 
any kind of investment within the company, you know, they were at the bottom of the priority list. I mean, we always talk about logistics and warehousing being at the bottom of the priority list, but I think historically global trade management is probably even below that because like I said, a lot of, I think for a lot of executives, they just viewed it as paperwork, you know, and, and, and they had a file and, and so forth. I mean, fast forward to today. And I think that they're recognizing that, Hey, you know, this is really a, a, a process that's interwoven with our, uh, supply chains, and it's a process that can, you know, quickly, um, you know, make or break uh, how successful we are a, a, as a company. And I think everything that's been happening the past couple of years with the tariff wars and everything else has just brought that, you know, brought that to light. So I do see, I think the good news out of all this going back is that, you know, from an investment standpoint, I think, uh, you know, the, the decision makers are actually seeing that um, if they are behind the curve, if they're a laggard in terms of their technologies, in terms of their internal capabilities, to responses effectively that this is now an area becoming a priority for, uh, you know, for investment. Now you, you mentioned, you know, visibility and, and certainly visibility is one of those things that from a global, you know, from a supply chain perspective, you hear a lot of supply chain professionals talk about, you know, trying to achieve, you know, end to end supply chain visibility. I mean, how, how does visibility relate to, to global trade management? So, you know, you talked about a time where the global trade professional was on, you know, the lowest part of, of the chain. Um, and there was a time where the only time they would come and try to get help or try to get uh, any investment was when the company got in trouble. Now what we're seeing is there's more proactive um, approach and that includes being able to see your supply chain and you know, using you know, technology and other methods to do that. So um, for example, we you know, mentioned earlier that we're finding this in, you know, demand for supply chain divisibility for other programs. Um, you know, one day there is a tariff, no tariff, the next day there is. So these types of day-to-day -day changes, I think, are what driving interest in more global solutions rather than delegating decisions to local, um, you know, subsidiaries um, or local operations. Because if you have a global approach and have a global solution to, uh, to looking at trade, you're going to get greater visibility. Um, your transactions are more accessible. You have more reliable data. And if you're pulling them from various regional systems and trying to manually reconcile them, it gives you a holistic approach to your supply chain. And I think in the long run, it will, it saves money. Um, so I think, you know, we have customers that are asking for that and, you know, asking for, hey, I need something so that if I have like, you know, I can look down at my map and see, okay, where are the problems? Where, where are we spending money? Where are we losing money? Where are we doing it well? what free trade agreements are out there, you know, like a map of the world essentially is, is what they're looking for to be able to see the different pieces um, in play in real time. So, so it sounds like, you know, that what's happening here is similar to what's happening, you know, more broadly in other um, supply chain processes is that companies are moving away from this kind of siloed, you know, fragmented, let's say local approach um, toward kind of moving to a more holistic integrated um, you know, approach to kind of get that big, that big picture view. So, you know, I think, you know, for those companies that have, let's say, uh, further ahead of the curve, maybe they've had some systems in place, but it was still kind of that siloed or fragmented approach. I think the movement now, if I heard you correctly, is to try to get now to kind of a more common platform where, you know, the, the leaders of the industry uh, of the companies can kind of get that global view of what's happening because you know, in reality, even though there might be specific things that are, might be, uh, uh, unique to a local region or a local supply chain. At the end of the day, you want to be able to roll up that that visibility, roll up those metrics, 
roll up what's happening on a global scale and, and doing that by using a, a common platform seems to be kind of the approach that companies are, are taking. Is, is that what I, I heard? I think that you're right. I think that there were companies sometimes that would have a homegrown approach to the, to the solution. And I think they're recognizing that it doesn't work because it's just, it's too fragmented and it makes it just too difficult to, um, to do their day-to-day -day operations well. Right. So, so let's talk about, you know, so we, we started talking a little bit about global trade solutions and, and kind of the, you know, global trade, global trade management. So, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, the technology now and, and specifically some of these emerging technologies that we hear so much about, you know, these days, you know, you've got APIs, you've got artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. I mean, are these emerging technologies playing a role in, in global trade management? Well, they are. I know, you know, Thomson Reuters uses them. I'm sure there are other companies out there that does as well. Um, this is what our customers are asking for. This is what they um, can't necessarily do themselves, right? They have the data, but they can't necessarily know how to manipulate it well. So there are several emergency, emerging technologies that can assist um, someone in their supply chain and managing supply chain and um, so forth. So um, you mentioned, I think, uh, APIs, for example. So application program interface for those who don't know what it stands for um, that's a great way it allows you to spe to get specific information when you need it versus an extract um, or some kind of interface where you might just get all the information dumped to you at once so from a practical perspective what it means is you get real-time access to information required for business decisions versus periodic updates um, using an extract so it connects you know, the different systems together. So for example, a concrete example could be, let's say you manufacture in China and you import to the US. Um, you wanna know, well, what's your export HS number? What's your ECN number for China? What's your import HS number for the US? An API would be a way to deliver that information for your transactions. It allows you to validate the information. Is it true? Is it false? Is there a mistake? Is it accurate? Um, provide rate information and so forth in an automatic way with the specific information that you need. Um, other examples include um, artificial intelligence, right? Big hot topic, it's, uh, it's everywhere, um, right? We're, we're trying now to teach machines to simulate human intelligence processing, let them learn, let them reason, and they self-correct. Um, but there are some specific use cases out there where it works. So, um, for example, in machine learning, where you, you might learn from prepared data, you look at patterns, the computer can look at decisions with minimal human intervention, and you, know, to, you can use it in, let's say, in classification. So for example, we know from customers that product classification is the first step for importing or exporting. Um, it's often citing the most time-consuming compliance activity with high levels of inaccuracy. Right? And it's something that if any customs authority in any country will audit when you're, when you're chosen. So you have to get it right. Um, and it's also tied to your duty rate, right? And now with all these high tariffs, it becomes even more important. So a classification, classification solution using machine learning can assist with that activity because and leaving the trade professional to work on higher value compliance opportunities and planning and let the machine try to take over some of this classification decisions. Um, it uses, you know, it takes like, it processes a high amount of historical information that you do. Uh, it uses logarithms that can predict. Um, another example is you can use machine learning to predict the lead time of future shipments 
even identify variables that can affect shipments. So it'll allow you factors for planning and make you know quick and agile change. Uh, yeah, no, I think those those are all those are all great examples, and those you know, particularly with the classification piece. I mean, there's something that I've seen uh, companies talk about in terms of leveraging machine uh, learning. I mean, the, the bottom line is, you know, for machine learning to uh, to really have its greatest impact, you need a lot of data, a lot of information, and and, with, and that's exactly what is one of the key attributes of global trade management. You've got so much data and information on the transaction side, as well as when it comes to all the you know, the trade content. Um, you know, classification codes, uh, compliance lists, and, and so forth, you know, to really, you know, leverage that data, that wealth of data to, to you know, apply machine learning to, to help streamline, automate some of these processes. You know, something else I've heard um, in conjunction, particularly with, let's say, classification, is natural language processing. Is that something that you're also seeing as well? We are, we are, we have seen, um, you know, customers don't necessarily ask for that. They don't know that that term, of course, right? But they want technologies where they can just, you know, if they have a user who's not technical, that they can just simply type in the name of a product, for example, in the system, and that the, you know, the system will know using the logarithms what they mean. So for example, it'll understand questions, answers, it'll understand relationships between words, it can infer what you mean by, by, you know, instead of using exact words. So you want a tool, for example, that let's say if you typed in woven ladies raincoat, let's say in a classification tool, it will know what you mean, even though those, those terms are not necessarily within the HS schedule itself. It can infer that if you mean woven, you know, that you don't mean something else. It can infer if you type ladies that you don't mean children's or men's, for example, right? I mean, you know, not to get too technical, but it matters because it matters for your classification. It matters for your duty. Uh, it can matter for a free trade agreement, um, whether it applies, et cetera. So this type of use of natural language processing um, and machine learning is, it should be baked in to some of the solutions that you're, you're looking at. You know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, you, know, you hear the, the phrase, you know, it's about making smarter decisions faster. And I think in this age where things are changing so much um, and, you know, where there's labor constraints or there's, uh, you know, limited resources available or, you know, the ability to leverage some of these emerging technologies to make those smarter decisions faster, to, to analyze the data and recommend what, what actions preferably in a, in, a, in a proactive manner to take uh, and so forth. I think that's where the big opportunity exists uh, here in, in the global trade uh, you know, management realm. I think those were some great, uh, some great examples. Well, Suzanne, we're running a little bit short on time here, so I'm, I'm just gonna go to my, my last question here. You know, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, the only you know, sure thing we know about 2020 is that you know, there's gonna be more change uh, in, in the weeks and, and, and months ahead. So what steps or actions should, you know, companies, you know, take to prepare and, and respond effectively to, to whatever happens, uh, you know, moving forward? Sure. So, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll circle back then maybe to the, the central point here, which is um, visibility and knowing what is going on where and when within your supply chain. There has been an increased uh, in, interest among trade professionals for dashboards for embedded analytics within the GTM solution. We have customers uh, asking to, for help. They want to identify inefficiencies in their supply chain. They want to look for opportunities for savings. They want to correct any errors or inconsistencies that they see in their compliance activities, you know, to name some. 
And you know, one way to do that is with a global trade management solution that incorporates um, this type of visibility uh, within the system. There's also the you know, look of um, the big data. Um, so looking at how business will be impacted by future changes, you can do predictive analytics, you can have strategic analytics. Um, for example, you know, we know that there's a new retaliatory tariff imposed, new FTAs out there, um, Brexit. How will all of these affect you? Um, you need this information treated as insight for decision making, simulate scenarios, use statistics. And so there's just overall a greater reliance on planning tools, evaluating trade lanes. And I think that automation and global trade management solutions will just be a big help uh, to those trade professionals who have to face this day to day. You know, you and I are reading it in the newspaper, but they're the ones, you know, actually making the decisions and changes based on it. Right, right. No, absolutely. And like anything else, you want to make sure you have the right tools at your disposal, um, you know, to make those decisions. So I think, you know, number one, you talked about visibility and we talked early on about, you know, keeping a pulse of what's happening in the industry. So I think certainly that's, that's a key thing there. And then number two, having that visibility in terms of what's happening across the global supply chain, kind of being a foundational, you know, uh, need there. But I think it's also taking a step back and saying, well, what are we actually doing? You know, how are we actually responding? I think if you look around, and you see a lot of Excel spreadsheets being mailed around or a lot of ma manual or paper-based processes going around, or you really have a fragmented view of what's happening across uh, you know, your different uh, places where you operate. I think that's a clear sign that um, you don't have the foundation in place, uh, particularly from a technology standpoint, to really respond effectively you know, moving forward. Well, Suzanne, I think uh, yeah, I always say at the end of all our episodes that you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these topics, but I think you provided some great insights and, and advice on um, you know, what to expect and how to respond uh, and what actions to take in the global trade management realm you know, heading into 2020 here. So again, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you, Adrian. It was great to be here. Uh, I want to thank uh, those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the uh, Thomson Reuters website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Suzanne, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.